What's going on, gentlemen? I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Corey Jung. Corey Jung is a United States Marine Corps veteran. He has had a career as a tactical athlete, and he basically learned how to balance different things. And the one thing that I really took away from the interview that I had with Corey is his philosophical approach to fitness. It's not just about numbers and just about you know basic human performance what he really focuses on is the holistic approach and basically you know making sure that every element and everything that basically tied into how your body reacts or responds to fitness is taken care of Corey is still committed to excellence and service through his human performance optimization Basically, what he does is he helps others to feel, to move, and to perform better. He specializes in locomotion, resilience, and longevity. He's training athletes to seniors and also helping people with tactical operations. Corey is spectacular at what he does, and he's helping a whole lot of people lead a pain-free life. If you guys want to check him out, be sure to check out uprightmovement.com to learn a whole lot more about what he does. He helps people move better, feel better, and perform better. And I'm a fan. (laughs) And our interview was pretty fun. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. And I hope you learn more about basically approaching fitness from a different perspective. Not one that's necessarily rooted in just numbers, but one that really focuses on what's behind and basically what the root causes are for a lot of the issues that we may or may not have and how we can move forward. All right, enough of me talking, guys. Let's dive into this one. Penis enhancement may seem like a difficult endeavor. However, me coach makes it simple. We all know the best way to reach your goals as fast as possible is with a coach. Me Coach offers you just that by giving you an individualized, tailor made plan specific to your needs. Me Coach has helped thousands of clients improve erectile quality, increase penis length, penis girth, and has helped men improve their sexual stamina to last a whole lot longer. Me Coach is about actually helping you every step of the way in your penis enlargement journey, unlike many of the crazy gimmicks you may see online. What sets Me Coach apart is the approach. First off, you will get your program created for you by AJ Big Al Alfaro and his team of trusted professionals who have been helping men in the PE realm for decades. They put their expertise into making your program. By using Me Coach, you will have AJ every step of the way to make sure you're exercising safely and effectively to reach your goals. Me Coach focuses on seeing you get to where you want to go in the safest, most efficient way possible. Me Coach also helps men suffering from abnormal curvatures in their penises by using specialized techniques to straighten things out. If you are ready to take your penis enhancement to the next level, you can totally try it out now, risk-free. Now, if you get started, it will start off with a new client interview, customized routine to achieve your goals, Me Coach progress log, access to over 30 exercises, 10 routines, safety guides, one-on-one personal penis training, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So be sure to check out Me Coach by clicking the link in the description below. One, two. Welcome to another episode here at the Masking Health Solutions Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Corey Jung, a former United States Marine Corps veteran. Well, currently a Marine Corps veteran, still helping out with the Corps. And he specializes in human performance optimization. The one thing that I was reading about as far as upright movement is concerned is that he's very much into helping people move better, perform better, and develop themselves to their best of their abilities. Corey, how are you today, sir? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Hey, I'm doing spectacular. So give us a little bit of a background of uh, how you got started, a little bit of the, what, how, you know, 
how it went in the Marines and just a little bit more about you. Well, I, I would say, you know, going back, you know, early in my life, my, my parents weren't exactly healthy and happy in their body, you know, in, in the five senses of, of their mind body. And uh, as, a, as a child, that didn't interest me whatsoever because it seemed pretty miserable. And so, you know, imagining, well, okay, this is what I'm witnessing and this is the result of, of these people. This is their example uh, when what's the old saying, more of the same equals more of the same. Yeah. So early on, uh, 10 or so, maybe even earlier, uh, I just had this idea that like, this doesn't interest me. And so therefore, if I was to go 90, maybe 180 degrees away from that, I, I can experience perhaps, you know, something different, perhaps something opposite. What, what is it for, you know, um, you might not know exactly what you want, but having an idea as far as what you don't want can help kind of direct you, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I just pretty much started that for myself, uh, for my youth to my young adulthood. And then um, you were mentioning in the Marine Corps, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, our first and foremost uh, asset is ourselves. It's our, it's our most critical asset. It's, it's human capital. I mean, so you can have all the tools and all the gadgets, right? You, you yeah. can have all this stuff that's outside of yourself, uh, you, you know, the equipment in the Marine Corps or, or whatever else uh, we, we find ourselves within. Um, those are extensions of ourselves. And so... Yeah. You know, first and foremost, uh, how is how is the, this vessel vehicle of my mind and body? Uh, how am I able to perceive, interact, uh, relate, and, and experience myself within the world with others in place? For instance, um, and then uh, yeah, after my time in the Marine Corps, um, in my previous career. Of about 20 years in law enforcement, seeing um, a lot of people who we might say weren't having the, the greatest experiences in life. And, and a lot of times, so our mind often creates our reality, yeah. you know, but then our mind is, there's no separation. It's all one body, for instance, it's all one mind body. And so a sound mind and a sound body. And so a lot, a lot of times the people who I saw, you know, struggling that I interacted with as a law enforcement officer, a lot of times they didn't have this, this foundation, this, this vital foundation within their mind body uh, experience. Um, you know, so let's just say they were acting out. Uh, a lot of times it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't a far fetch to also see that they weren't exactly the healthiest. They weren't exactly the happiest. And so, you know, seeing how it's all interwoven, interconnected as far as how, how we're going to be in the world, you know, with ourselves and others in place, it's like, I, I really saw that, you know, movement can be medicine on, on many levels and not, not just physical, I would say mental and perhaps even spiritual. And so, yeah. um, just continued this, this study and practice for myself. And then on my days off uh, years ago, I was also starting to, you know, work and coach with, you know, people in this respects as far as health and fitness and movement and, you know, take a little segue here, but I, I do feel that it is related, at least in the U S the last that I heard when it comes to this, is that there's approximately a hundred million people, in a nation of 330 or so a million people who are in chronic pain. Yeah. So, you know, if that's the case, or just imagine if one is in chronic pain 24 seven, 365 for six months or so or longer, that can be very exhausting. And, and then imagine that our, our lens or panorama or ourself, the world and others and, our, our sense of creativity and ease and novelty 
really gets to, you know, we narrow and we have this tunnel vision and imagine you're not all that happy and, and vital in the world. Yeah. And so, so that I can imagine then people start to perhaps act out, do that. I mean, you're in chronic pain, for instance. Um, and also this comes to my mind because I, I've looked into many aspects of the human experience, not just physical, um, you know, psychological, uh, even, you know, evolutionary, um, you know, our primitive past as humans and also borrowing from mythology. And uh, one of the key figures for me when it comes to mythology is Joseph Campbell, yeah. if you're familiar with him. And one of the things that he said, I remember him saying is that if you really want to help the world, help people, how, you know, teach people how to live in the world and, and perhaps how to first live in their own unique individual world, that of their mind and body. And he also says something along the lines that a vital person helps to vitalize. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that being said, I, I really uh, looked at like what I was doing in law enforcement was much of it was chasing symptoms and that if we're really wanting to, you know, get to the root of this and really have a, you know, long lasting significant impact. Yeah. Teach people how to, you know, live in the world, live in their bodies and try to help, People, people be as vital as possible because vital people help to vitalize to the point that often we might have heard the saying that if, if the saying that hurt people hurt people, flip that around. Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of a, a long-winded little, you know, backstory to me, but I hope it gives you a good panorama. Yeah, well, it's kind of, one of the most overlooked things that I see, you know, when it comes to getting people in shape is everybody's like, oh, just do X, Y, Z. But it's like, it always comes down to the mind. And then you turn to a psychologist like, hey, man, like, why are you eating? <laughs> you know, so give us a little bit about how you deal with people. And let's say um, their mental wiring, I guess. How do you go about kind of conquering that? How do you assess that? And how do you help people figure out where their deficiencies are? Well, one of the things that I share in a conversation with people early on, and, you know, first I, I want to make sure that they feel comfortable and safe because sometimes we, we might go in into a little bit of a deep dive, right? It's not just going to be, you know, the surface stuff, for instance, right? Uh, I, I'd really like to get to the core of someone and essentially we're talking about their feelings. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it takes some time and this might not happen all within one session or one day. Right. Um, I, I would say it's it's crucial to uh, have this trust, this communication, that this sense of uh, safety. You know, uh, and then ultimately, I, I imagine once those are established, then then we can start to get into the like the why. Yeah. You know, why are you here? Why is this uh, an interest of yours? Why is this a, a, a goal? All right. I, I borrowed this from Simon Sinek in his book, uh, Start With Why. And he talks about the golden circle. Okay. You know, in the center of the circle is the why. And the, uh, the outer the circle outside of that is the how. And then in the, the outer ring, the third is the, the what. And so, you know, for me, the why is synonymous with passion, love, legacy. Uh, the, the other one, the, uh, the how is like, you know, what's, what's the technology? What's the method we might say? And then the what is the result? You know, did it work? Yeah. And, you know, the, the circle could be something like a, a target, a bullseye. And, and maybe um, if you're familiar, or maybe some of the listeners are familiar with like, you know, marksmanship, you know, shooting archery. You know, if you find yourself pretty consistent, let's say, of the bullseye, high and right of the bullseye. Yeah. You just kind of adjust and go a little bit low and to the left. You so, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And so we're kind of doing this in our own way, you know, the same but different as far as, okay, I, I, I have my, my, my why established, you know, how am I going to go about it? And then uh, after, let's just say a month or so, what's the result? Yeah. And I, I, I say this a lot of times with people is that uh, I really feel that perfection is kind of like looking for Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster is that I would say, if anything, let's go for good, better, or best. Yeah. You know, good, better, best. You know, um, I'm a big fan of marginal gains, 1% differentiators, and being consistent. So, you know, being kind and loving and forgiving of yourself and that, you know, uh, to errors, to be, to be human, um, we're going to make mistakes. But, you know, we learn. And so if I keep on going high, right, high, right, high, right, okay, more of the same equals more of the same, do something a little bit different. Yes. And yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of feeling, we're kind of playing, exploring, and then, and we, then we learn. Yeah. And that's kind of where you get that feedback, I guess. So mm -hmm. your approach is more methodical in nature, which makes sense. Cause most of the time, a lot of people start off from like, this is what you got to do. And eh, you might not hit the target if you do that <laughs> at all. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's just like, uh, I think it's a, it's a journey, you know, going back to Joseph Campbell, you know, it's, it's the hero's journey. It's the hero's quest. And that, um, you know, once again, Brian from Joseph Campbell, if you're familiar or any of the audience is familiar with uh, that one legend within mythology, that of the quest for the Holy Grail. And so one of the things that I remember hearing about that from Joseph, once again, is that, the quest of the grail essentially comes down to it, it's the quest to reach the highest spiritual potential of a human being. Yeah. And that with the attainment of the grail, it's essentially it's having the empathy and compassion, you know, yeah. that basically having a sense that there's an aspect of ourself and the other and, and vice versa. Yeah. And that's not necessarily easy. And then that people who went out on the quest for the Holy Grail, they entered the forest in their own time, place, and manner. So it has to be unique. It has to be authentic. And I feel it, that there's really, you can't rush something like this. Yeah. You know, it, there's going to be some, some trials. There's going to be some triumphs. Uh, it's like, a, it's a microcosm of life. You know, it's, it's like, imagine an opera, yeah. you know, and that there's several acts, you know, several scenes and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a variety. It's a drama. It's a tragedy. It's a comedy. It's a romance. So the, you know, there is a, I would, I would say that there's, there's a silver line, a silver lining at times. Uh, even when things aren't so great or so, com so, so comfortable, it's uh, there can be beauty. Uh, yeah. So how important would you say mindset would be in developing all that? And what is your approach when, you know, you're strategically trying to coach somebody and get them to the next level? Well, I mean, once, once again, I, I emphasize the process. I, I'm, I'm not into, I, I feel a lot of times in the West and particularly the United States that we kind of have something of a, we, we might say a fast food culture, you know, yeah. bigger, bigger, better, faster now, uh, instant gratification, right? We, we see this often in technology and yeah. social media and, you know, you hit the button or you, you get the certain uh, emoji and you get the dopamine hit, right? Um, so, so to kind of go uh, into your, your question there, and I hope this is helpful, it's like, I guess, I guess give yourself time to kind of soak it in and wherever you are, 
and this might not always be easy, but as best as you can, remind yourself to have appreciation and gratitude. Yeah. And this, yeah, this is a journey. This is a process. And, you know, this is what I have in the, in the background for myself running all the time when I'm working with someone that, you know, there's so much technology out there. There's so much information. We kind of live in a golden age of information, yeah. but there's also misinformation, right? I too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a labyrinth and it's not always easy to be able to differentiate, you know, good information, you know, the wheat from the chaff. And, yeah. you know, people are looking for the answer, the truth. And uh, I, would, I would say the truth is what works for you. You know, mm. uh, what's the old saying is that you can't stand in the same river twice. Yeah. So this is a living, breathing, moving system. And uh, a lot of times I, I, when it comes to science, you know, yeah. Does science really discover anything or does it just uncover what's been there the whole time, for instance? Yeah. I mean, I, me personally, I think it's just, you know what, it's always been there and it's like, Oh, releasing this new data. I'm like, well, you know, it's always been there. You just kind of found out recently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, humans, we are finite and, and, uh, you know, let's just say the universe is infinite. And so for us to be able to wrap our minds around infinity, it's, it's impossible, essentially. And so we, we like to di dissect things and, and label um, in order for us to be able to manage and have a glimpse of infinity now and again. Yeah. And, and I really try to, you know, remind this, of myself once again and then I, I share this with with people at times too that and I'm, I'm borrowing from Carl Jung and he said something along the lines he says you know know all the theories master all the techniques but as you touch a human soul just be another human soul yeah so I I, I would say I, for myself I approach this with humility you know it's it's it's, it's an honor it's a responsibility and uh I, I share this with people as well, because I, I think it kind of helps bring them a little bit of a, a different lens when it comes to this. I think sometimes human beings perhaps are too focused and, and myopic and, you know, going for the doing aspect. Yeah. But, you know, first and foremost, we're human, you're human beings yeah and it's kind of like our essential selves versus you know what exists in this plane right and i think a lot of people kind of leave out the spiritual side of things when it comes to training but i remember i was reading about um in japan they actually recommend that the best thing you can do is get moving but get moving in the forest it's good for your soul and i'm like hey what a concept you know something that we completely negate out here like no nah, just take more pills i'm like well maybe more pills aren't the best thing we can do right and and I mean, going to your specialty and what you do, when was it that you discovered the importance of movement and how like, you know what, this really helps the body to heal and get better and perform better. When was that breakthrough moment for you? When was that breakthrough? Well, I mean, I, I, I would say I definitely noticed my, my parents once again, uh, I always mentioned their health and their mental state and uh, they, they died. They both died in their 60s and so they're relatively young but even prior to their death they weren't very vital and they didn't really move all that much either yeah i mean and and this this might also help with your question is that the, the way i view movement is essentially movement is interacting with our environment right it's and not just you know the outer world but also the inner world and it's it's interacting within life it's participating within life uh, we're participating moving in space and uh within yes yeah, so we're um having in a relationship with place and and nine times out of ten with another yeah uh, if you stop moving i mean even breathing for instance 
is moving and we do it about 20,000 or so times a day, 8 million so times a year. Uh, if you're not moving, right? If you find yourself in a hospital and if you stop breathing, you stop, if your heart stops beating, they call that flat line, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's no movement. And so life is movement, right? And life can, uh, movement can be medicine, especially if it's, uh, you know, mindful and sound type of movement. And uh, because it's not just about the muscles, you know, yeah. the, the muscles are on the more, uh, more outer periphery of the body. There's many layers, you know, there's vital uh, organ systems. Uh, you know, imagine um, embryology and the whole process of emergence we started out as one cell and then uh, as a as a fully a developed human being we're about depending on who's counting 100 trillion cells (laughs) and so the muscles in, in in this context in this big broad panorama context is in service to these vital organs you know it's not the, the the muscles aren't thinking oh you know six pack abs and this that and the other <laughs> the other thing um at a cellular level you know if you were ask any one of the 100 trillion cells or so like hey what are you thinking you know they're not thinking you know six weeks to beach body or something <laughs> but they're probably if you, if you were to ask hey you know cells wh- what are you thinking uh, they would probably say you know, am I safe? Yeah. Uh, can I run all the vital, the, the vital bodily processes, right? Can I move within my environment? Can I interact and, you know, operate within my environment environment? Can, can I, can I go towards resources? Can I move away from something else that might see me as a resource? Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah. Imagine a hunter gatherer. And then uh, can I perpetuate the genes? Yeah. I'd imagine at a cellular level, that's pretty much what's going on 24-7, 365. Yeah. So like when I'm looking at movement, when I'm looking at health, when I'm looking at mindset, um, I I guess what I'm looking, how I'm looking at it is through a big history and first principles uh, lens. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense because it's almost like, I mean, you boiled it right down to the cellular level, <laughs> right? Well, Most I mean, people. yeah, I mean, because that's because we are we are a collection, right? Yeah. And 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 so there's so much going on at an unconscious consciousness level, and so these cells, right? I mean, they're conscious in their own way, but as far as how we relate with ourselves others and 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 place in the world is more conscious consciousness so one of the things i heard is that like supposedly the majority of your consciousness say 90 percent of it or so is unconscious consciousness yeah and so we we are we are a collection we are multitudes and another fascinating thing that comes to my my mind once again is that when it comes to our mind, body, human experience, the majority of us, of ourselves, is not human. We're mostly bacteria. Yes. And a whole <laughs> lot of viruses, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like a, we're a, we're a walking colony. Um, one of the things that I remember hearing when it comes to this is that some people have called us, but I imagine it's not uh, exclusive to just humans. I imagine maybe every uh, life form on the planet fits within this category. Uh, I heard the term superorganism. Yeah. That's pretty damn fascinating to me. I think so. The fact that we're around, you know, kicking and doing all that we can do. And the fact that we're evolving the way that we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, human evolution, my opinion is inevitable. It's kind of like a part of it's a part of this life experience. The way I kind of see it is that we have to keep up in the ante. We've got to keep pushing forward. And it's just in our nature. It's kind of like from that single cell organism and all of a sudden growing into what we do. And even this um, this life experience itself, it's kind of like you want to get the most out of it. It's all, I really believe that it's part of our DNA. It's kind of something that's in our wiring, you know. 
I believe it's part of our purpose too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like legacy, it was what comes to my mind. Yeah, pretty fascinating stuff, man. But uh, the other question I was going to ask you was posture, because I was reading about more of that on your website and how that plays into people's health. And obviously, you know, I know a little bit about posture, but not nearly enough. I know how to correct different issues. Let's say like tight hamstrings, you know, tight quads, that kind of thing. But what are posture issues that you see with uh, the people that you work with? What are some of the most common issues in that? Well, well, this, this might help with your question. So imagine our species from a big history uh, lens. I remember hearing something along the lines that walking goes back to about 6 million years or so. Jeez. Right. So, so, so like, like, let's just say the ancestors of, of modern day humans, but then modern day humans, you know, go back to maybe, I think they, I saw this in the news the other day. They, they found some skeletal remain dating to about 230,000 years. Jeez. And so imagine modern day, modern civilization, going back to uh, the dawn of agriculture, right? So when we moved away from being nomadic hunter-gatherers, right, the, 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 the big picture of our species, 90, 99% or so of our experience here on earth has been that of nomadic hunter-gatherers and not so much in, in a... Um, urban setting that most of us i think i heard something like 90 percent of humans today live in urban areas yeah and so there's a there's a saying when it comes to this this conversation is that you know from a big history perspective that most humans nowadays are experiencing hyper novelty yeah now, I imagine some of that is good and probably some of that is not so good. Yeah. Right. And then there's this term called EEA. So I believe I remember, right. It stands for the environmental evolutionary adaptiveness. Okay. And so if you go back once again, as far as the 90 plus on my percentage of our species existence here on earth, we're right. And then now we have this, this super mismatch, yeah, hyper novelty. Um, and I'm, ta I'm taking a little segue here. So if you're familiar yourself or any of the audience, he had just recently passed away in last December uh, of last year. He was a sociobiologist out of Harvard. His name was Edward O. Wilson. Okay. Uh, so you, you can look him up. E.O. Wilson, Harvard sociobiologist. He was also the author of uh, Biophilia, which in Greek means for uh, something along the lines, love of life. And I think he also authored the book, The Future of Life. Okay. So one of the things that I remember uh, E.O. Wilson saying when it comes to we, we might call it the human predicament. He, he felt that it came down to these things as far as what, what's behind much of the struggle you know, within humanity. And he, he said it like this. He said, the problem of humanity is the following. We have paleolithic emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. Yeah, I've heard of that quote before. Yeah. So you can imagine that's kind of a recipe for disaster. And so... Uh, I, I always say the problem of our species and perhaps each individual, it's not just physical, it's not just mental, it's not just emotional, and perhaps it's also uh, spiritual. And so we're meant to move upon a varied, you know, mosaic landscape. We're meant to rest upon the surface of the earth. We're meant to move within the cycles of, of nature, the day and the season. Uh, we're meant to have uh, 
close, intimate, meaningful relationships, uh, especially with uh, our family, because, you know, nomadic hunter gatherers, they lived in groups, you know, bands, clans, tribes, nations, say 30, 60, upwards to 100 people or so. And, and most of those people, they were related. Yeah. And, and when they have relations, relationships, it's and right and ancestors. It's not just human beings that they speak of, right? It's also in reference to the land. It's also in reference to uh, the animals that help to support their life. So yeah. eating eating close to the earth, uh, life eats life. Life gives life, and so it's not just the two legged. It's for the four legged. It's the finned and and it's the uh, winged ancestors as well. Yeah. And it's also the ancestors who are within the land. Um, and so I, I feel, so um, imagine being a human being and living and moving, interacting within the world like that. And then now fast forward 21st century, we're probably having much less of that. We're probably having less, less uh, far less novelty, uh, and we, most of us live in very uh, temperature neutral environments indoors, you know, and the, and the heat and air conditionings, you know, pretty much set yeah. when we were, when we were in nature, it, it was constantly varied. Yeah. Right. And so we were getting these, these, these stressors, these environmental stressors that uh, helped with our body uh, being resilient uh, and then, you know, we moved on a regular basis, whereas nowadays people exercise and go to a gym. I really feel that's kind of like a supplement. Yeah. It's, it's like a dietary supplement when it comes to fitness and movement. Like I, I've done some farm sitting on a relatively small uh, patch of land, just one acre and, you know, doing all the chores from morning through the day to the evening and making sure all the animals are alive, fed and, and mending <laughs> and, and mending anything that was broken, you know, and just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I, I was, you know, capturing this because, you know, I have the smartwatch like a lot yeah. of us do. And then come to find out throughout, throughout, throughout the day, I would just wound up walking seven miles. Jeez. You know, I, I wasn't intentionally going out for like a workout. Yeah. You know, and so I, I feel like our early ancestors, they, they didn't, they weren't exercising. They were just living and moving and being. Yeah. If we look at other um, animal creatures out in the wild, uh, usually they're pretty healthy and fit. Yeah. Because they're just, they're, they're moving, they're living within the, the, the design that nature has given them. And I feel that's, that's us. Uh, exercise, I would say, it, we can look at it from this perspective as well, that it means to practice, you know, borrowing from Latin. Yeah. So if I'm looking to upgrade my life, Right. And I'm, I'm looking across the board, you know, through the panorama, the multitude of what it is to be a human being. Right. And not just physical. Right. It's some mind and it's some body. I guess in some ways, everything then can be, become a repetition and an exercise of practice for my thoughts, to my breathing, to, to my, my relationships, to being out in nature, having a sense of awe and wonder. Uh, and in looking at movement, maybe less from a, uh, like a workout, you know, perspective. Yeah. It's like, it's a time to have some awareness and, and, uh, yeah, mind mindfulness. We're exploring, we're having some play. It's a, it's a healthy relationship with self, uh, you know, feel play. Uh, explore and learn it, it i think a lot of times that people approach exercise something 
similar to that perhaps of uh, adversarial approach and view. Oh, I got I got to beat the fat off of myself, yeah. or I got to I got to fix this this bum knee, or I, I hate my knee. You know this bad knee, and then you know the thing is that thoughts become things. Thoughts yeah. become things, and so if if we're having that thought and a viewpoint and approach, uh, I'm not quite sure how helpful and healthy that is. Yeah, well, a lot of people come into the gym; they kind of have a preconceived notion as to what it is. Which, I mean, can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. And it kind of depends on what their mindset is. But it's kind of like you say, thoughts do become things. And I think that's another thing that contributes to people being constantly injured, constantly hurt, or constantly just not wanting to move around too much because they're like, oh, this is too much work, right? And like, I just don't want to move around today because uh, this is causing me pain. But it's not even pain. It's just discomfort at times, too. It's almost, oh, go ahead. No, and in the gymnasium, it can be a school. You know, if we're going back to the early, um, early years of the of the gymnasium, and if we're going back to early history, right? It was a school, and it wasn't just a school of of the body, right? It, it was the whole being once again, and uh, you know, going back to times of antiquity, ancient Greece, the ancient. Uh, trainers or gymnaste if i'm if i'm saying this correctly in greek the gymnaste the gym instructors perhaps would have been those of uh, galen hippocrates socrates aristotle yeah and then one of the things i remember about aristotle is that supposedly he had his athletes train with the wrestlers because his belief was that in order to think deeply, that you had to be physically fit. And yeah. going back once again, a sound mind within a sound body. I, I, makes, I, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. No, yeah. And, and not just that, too, because you had mentioned nutrition earlier. And it was Pythagoras that I was reading about that this guy would go 100 days without eating. <laughs> They're like, why would you do that? And he's just like, well, fasting allows me to function better you know, function in a way that optimizes my performance, right? And mm-hmm. it's the same deal. It's kind of like you got to put your body into duress in order to progress at all, right? Like, if not, you're just kind of sitting around at home doing nothing, experiencing all these hyper novelties, and yeah, you didn't really earn it. <laughs> right. And, and, I, and I think when we like earn it, like you, like you just said, I think we have a greater appreciation Yes. It, it's, it's, it reminds me of something along the lines that like, like when we work hard for something and, and we achieve and we, we experience the, the, uh, the fruits of our labor, it, it's, it's much more um, gratifying and, and, and sweet rather than just something being handed to us. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, is that uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure if people are, are really aware of this, but. Here's the thing. There's no shortcuts in nature. No. There's no shortcuts. There's no free lunches within biology, right? No. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so we, we need, you know, some stimulus. And, and a lot of times I would say for the general populace, and if we're looking at like life throughout our lifespan and hopefully at least to the eighth decade, if not more, then, uh, yeah, th- th- this is, th- this is a, a process and that, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, and enjoying, enjoying the, the journey, right. There, there's no, it reminds me of uh, Billy Mills. Okay. If, if you remember him, he I no. think he won. I think he won the ten thousand meter race in the sixty four summer Tokyo Games, and uh, he's from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. I you know I believe that's Sioux Nation. But uh, he said something along the lines: "Is that yeah? In order to." Uh, 
to receive from great spirit, you have to give to great spirit. So I, so I, so I think that's something that we could, you know, we could borrow from and apply when it comes to this as well. Yeah. There's no, we don't get something for nothing. Yeah. Right. And another thing that I believe he said was something like my, my life is a gift from great, great spirit and how I live my life is a gift back to great spirit. Yeah. That's deep. So it's like, I, I think we could have a, perhaps a, a healthier, more sustaining, um, out, you know, outlook when it comes to this, this, this process that we're all within. Yeah. We're all within. And, uh, you know, so yeah, you give your body a little bit of stimulus, you know, not too much, not too little, just right. Especially, you know, we're looking at the large time span, time span of one's life. Like I said, maybe the eighth decade or so. And so we're like, we're approaching this from a sustainability perspective and that just because we have the stimulus aspect, we also need to give our body some time and some resources for adaptation. Yeah. So it's like the it's like a formula. So stress plus rest equals success. Stress plus rest equals resilience. If it's all stress, 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 or if it's all workout, I mean, look at the word itself, workout. I'm expending, yeah. I'm expending essentially life force energy outside of myself yeah and if i keep on doing that without having an equal opposite positive return right to the two sides of the the balance scale i'm going to run into a negative at some point yeah i'm going to essentially uh along the lines of say uh, a debit card i'm swiping my debit card uh i keep on doing that eventually i'm going to run into a card decline and uh (laughs) insufficient funds yep so i got to make some deposits as well right exactly well it's kind of when it comes to i think that's kind of the important of just kind of making sure that you can gauge it all appropriately so obviously it depends on who the client is because if it's a if it's an athlete you know you can definitely push him a lot further and you know he's got a lot more in his bank account i guess Versus somebody who's starting out where it's just kind of like, yo, I did that one workout last week and I'm dying out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't yeah. make me do it again. Right. And that's kind of where you come in to gauge it and almost like it's almost like teaching people how to understand their bodies better. Right. Well, the body is constantly speaking to us. Right. Nature is constantly speaking to us. And uh, I believe this is a Cherokee saying. It goes something like this, that if you don't listen to the whispers of your body, eventually you'll hear it screams. Mm. And so the body has no ability to lie. It's not, you know, the, like the hundred trillion cells or so. Yeah. It's, not, it's not interested in playing that game. It speaks the truth. Now, sometimes we might like, so like the unconscious consciousness aspects of our body, right? The cells, maybe from the neck on up, maybe we might have a different, inaccurate interpretation yeah but like if i'm having a headache let's say my body is not telling me i have an asthma deficiency right <laughs> it's, t- it's telling me that uh, i'm overstressed i'm underrested maybe i'm in, in a toxic um environment there maybe there's a bunch of uh, like pollutants fumes in the atmosphere and air that i'm you know the environment that i'm in um, yeah yeah, maybe I'm dehydrated. Maybe I had some food that I'm intolerant to, right? And like another thing too is like, so the organs speak to us. Yeah, um, I think women in particular, this probably speaks to them. Is that like, if if you're having your moon time, if you're having your menses, you're having inflammation of the uterine walls, and and so there's like, yeah, uh, there's inflammation, pain, yeah, pain, redness, heat, swelling, impaired function that can radiate out into the lower back, for instance. Yeah. So like the, the, the physical structure aspects of the low back, skeletal muscular wise is fine. It's a symptom of, a, like, of an inflamed organ that of your uterus, Jeez, yeah. for instance, right? So sometimes the pain site isn't the pain source. And sometimes 
the 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 pain of sight is right it's you have what's called a visceral referral yeah so like once again the organs are speaking the truth into outward you know, into the periphery of the body yeah and, and nine times out of ten what we were saying early on like if you have a conversation with any one of the cells they're probably saying like if you were to ask it like hey what's going on what are you thinking and they would probably say hey am i safe yeah am i able to run the processes right am i so, able to function at full capacity <laughs> yeah because really really i mean from a biological perspective, each organism on the planet, I would say even at a bacterial level, really the sole purpose program is like perpetuate the genes. Yeah. And that's another thing when it comes to fitness. Um, I think a lot of times people have this uh, definition from an exercise perspective as far as, okay, I'm able to cover X amount of distance and X amount of time. I can perform X amount of, repetitions of this movement you know that that might be the 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 general lens everyday lens when it comes to fitness as far as the definition um if you ask a biologist as far as what's their definition of fitness they would say it would has it has something more to do with the um perpetuation of the genes to around four generations so not just your children your grandchildren so yeah so that's your great great grandchildren wow from a biological view of, of, of fitness and this is my view of fitness is that um it's essentially it's our behavior plus genes plus the environment equals fitness fitness is the ability to consistently thrive and function within the demands of our of our environment wow i mean it makes sense at the end of the day i can't really escape that <laughs> well i mean we we well here's the thing you can do whatever you want however there's a price yep right uh i mean i might go into a little bit of an extreme but just to give you a little bit of an example of uh, and this might give you a you and some of your audience uh, a picture when I'm describing this. So imagine some of the bodybuilding culture. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and especially at the highest level, I would say that the higher the level and, and the, the, the bigger the competition and prize that it's probably less about health, unfortunately, yeah. and, and, and more about, the uh the, the contest placement and yeah. then i i would say this is more or less the case often when it comes to sports too like you know high performance sports competition doesn't always equate to health right? no not at all i mean if you're looking at big picture long term long term i mean there was a bodybuilder recently he was a mr olympia <clears throat> Sean Roden, he just died of a heart attack. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple other guys losing limbs now. Uh, one of my favorite, Ronnie Coleman, you know, he's, yeah. his back is all completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty common trend. Like, it's almost like these guys are reaching 50, 45, and it's like, now you got to pay for your sins, kind of, is <laughs> the way I see it. But yeah. long, longevity just isn't a factor when it comes to bodybuilding. And I understand the sacrifice, and I love the sport, and, you know, for all intents and purposes but at the same time it's like playing football you know it's going to have repercussions you know and bodybuilding i think bodybuilding probably puts the most stress on your body because it's affecting you basically internally externally your bones your tendons your ligaments i don't think anything puts as much stress on the body as much as bodybuilding does yeah, oh definitely at an organ level yeah because I feel a lot of times, a lot of these people at some point, to some degree, have uh, played around a bit too much when it comes to, uh, you know, there's certain, you know, substances that they're putting into the body. And so 
in some ways, what winds up happening, unfortunately, you're sacrificing your liver for a great set of biceps. Yeah. Now you can do whatever you want once again, but uh, long-term health-wise, and especially if you have, you know, if, if, if you have a, a full, rich life beyond the sport, right? You're, you're well-balanced. And so you have, you know, many great relationships. Perhaps you even have a family. And the, from the big picture perspective, it's not just about the individual. It's not just about, you know, us, my, myself, for instance. Like I have to be mindful of others as well. And yeah. so am I going to be around uh, for their graduation? Am I going to be around for their, you know, my, their children, my grandchildren? Am I going to be, um, you know, mobile and yeah. active? Can I participate, for, for instance? Yeah. And can I be vital and present with, with each of those people and, and to be supportive of good relationships. Because if I'm miserable and unhappy and in chronic pain, or if I'm limited and just confined to, I don't know, maybe a wheelchair and, and yeah. you know, unfortunate extreme cases, then that's, you know, we're kind of taken away from that and, and, and them that these other people then aren't we? I think, well, yeah, because it affects them now. Instead of you really be being able to be helpful, it's almost like now you become a burden, right? And I don't think anybody wants that, especially no, I mean, at a young age. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the reality is, is that uh, uh, we're all walking each other home, right? Yeah. To some to some degree, degree at some point. This is you know borrow from Ram Das, and so uh, memento mori. Yeah. You know? remember that yes we have a limited time here and that there's various seasons uh with the nature as well as our lives and so it's not going to be perpetual um springtime and summer yeah right uh, at some point we're going to experience um something more of that of the fall and the winter and so it's it's going to be a little bit difficult at times and so we're not going to be as strong and resilient and vital and not to say that we can avoid that, but perhaps we can lessen that and prolong the quality as best as we can. Exactly. So when we go into some of these extremes, um, we might be paying a price. And, and once again, in, in, mo in most cases, it's not going to be just involving ourselves, is it? No. With that being said, though, Corey, we do got to wrap it up here. Corey, tell us a little bit about your services, what you offer, um, and your website, where they can find you on Instagram and all that good stuff. Well, thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. But um, for, for those out there interested, you, you can find me on, on the, the internet, and, you know, Google Upright Movement. Um, I'm on social media. You know, my name is Corey Jung. So Upright Movement, you know, Google search or Corey Jung, either one. And uh, Currently now, especially since we're still in the, the pandemic, I'm working mostly with people uh, online in Zoom. Okay. Uh, we can do, and you can see some uh, examples on my YouTube page and, and maybe I'll give you a link so yeah. you can share with your people. But, you know, I have that one link, the link tree, and it has all the links on the one page. But anyhow, uh, there's some examples on YouTube as far as some of the online training I'm also available for, you know, consultation, like remote coaching, okay. uh, email, phone, uh, Zoom. Um, I'm also available for, for mentorship for those people who are, you know, more on the practitioner side yeah. of, of things, health, fitness, movement. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's what I'm up to as far as my, my services go presently. Um, okay. Hopefully this pandemic will lessen to where people are feeling more comfortable and perhaps I'll return to having a, a space and in an on-site um, uh, business and, and service for people. I'd rather people have a, a feel and a movement experience and have uh, their body and the environment speak more to them than me. 
No, hundred percent. I do. No, that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, hopefully in the near future, everything just opens up and go back to you know enjoying each other's physical presence. You know, <laughs> but what's the old saying? Uh, get busy living. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. man, a man can hope. But Corey it was an absolute pleasure, and to the audience. I hope you enjoyed this one. I sure did. Any closing words, Corey? Uh, no, uh, I would just say that, uh, well, let's just say, let's talk about uh, maybe health. Uh, you can break it down in an acronym, perhaps, you know, so each, each, le each letter of the word. Uh, so for me, uh, the H is for happiness, you know, within health. Um, ease is ease of mind, body, and spirit. A is for awareness. L is for lo love, longevity, and legacy. T is for thoughtfulness and thankfulness. And H is uh, honor and be a good ancestor. I love that, that. That would be my working definition of health. You know what? It makes perfect sense with everything we talked about today. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. And it's been a pleasure. And so thank you for having me. And, and, and thank you uh, out there to the listeners. All wish right. Everyone, wish everyone the best. On that note, guys, have a good one. Stay safe. Until the next episode.